Culture Map presents What's Eric Eating? From the Gal Media Studios in Houston, Texas, here's Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. Welcome to What's Eric Eating? Culture Map's weekly look at all things Houston bars and restaurants. I'm your host, Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. Show's going to be a little bit different this week. It is our year in review. So we are not going to have news of the week or a restaurant of the week or an interview. Instead, I have invited two of my regular co-hosts to come here to break it down with me. We're going to talk about our, our favorite new openings, our favorite dishes of the year, our saddest shutters, and more. Uh, before I introduce them, I do want to thank all of you so much for listening this year. As many of you will remember, I was out for a period of time in April and May when I was uh, unexpectedly ill, and the first messages I started receiving from people were not, hey, haven't seen you on Facebook, or hey, there hasn't been an article on Culture Map from you in a couple of days, is everything okay? No, it was a Thursday morning, and I started getting messages uh, from people asking me where the new podcast episode was, why there wasn't a, a podcast episode that week. So that that felt really good. I'm I'm so glad that this little this little project of mine resonates with so many of you uh, more all the time. And I just wanted to thank you for listening. I wanted to thank uh, my producer Michael Carroll for all of his assistance, and I want to thank my my co-hosts. Uh, Becky Masson of Fluff Bake Bar, who unfortunately is too busy making pies and Stumped Noels to be here. Linda Salinas, who unfortunately couldn't be here, but let's stop talking about the people who aren't here. Let's talk about the people who are here. He is a passionate advocate for the Houston food scene and a frequent traveler. Matt Harris, welcome to the show. Daddy. Woo, 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 woo. What, what? Hey, hey. She is the, the force of nature behind swankymaven.com. Felice Sloan, welcome to the show. Hey, 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 hey. Force of nature. I'm going to process that as I go down I-10 today. An unstoppable <laughs> force of nature. You cannot stop Felice Sloan. You can only hope to contain her. So, Fact. Matt Fact. Matt, and Felice, I have given you a series of questions to contemplate. Felice, let me start with you. What are your top three new restaurants that opened in 2019? This is great that I get to go first, that I'm not fighting with Linda and Becky or Matt to get my choices out because I know someone's going to steal them, especially you. So I'm going to go with Truth Barbecue. Mm-hmm. Yup. That's on your list. It's not on my top three, but it is on my... Okay. It is on the list I of 12 that I published in Culture Map <laughs> your list last of 12, week. Yes. Um, Candente. Yep. I know that's on your list. Yep. And I was kind of torn, but I'm going to go seafood and go with um, one-fifth of... Gulf Coast. Gulf Coast. Boom, boom. Yes. Three solid choices. Yes. I'm very happy with my choices. What... Do you have a favorite of those three? Mm. 
the best new restaurant to open in Houston this year? No, I'm not going to. See, I never give anyone. I, I like having three best of. I never give anyone number one. They get a little arrogant, a little cocky. So we're going to go with three. It's okay? a real problem. It is. Yeah, they're like, okay, Felice, thanks. Uh-uh, no. Well, I think the, the problem isn't so much that, that someone gets cocky. It's that everyone else then feels snubbed. That's what do you true. mean I'm not your favorite? Right. So this is like three of my like 15, you know? Right, right. Right. So thank you for saying that. So no, no one's getting number one. All right. Matt, how about you? What are your top three new restaurants? To open well, I, can can I take a second to say Felice is my favorite co-host? You oh. may. Oh, my God. Thank you. So are you. Just one. <laughs> it's Felice. It's Felice. The shade. <laughs> <laughs> Eric can't take it. It's too no, much. No, no, no. no. Uh, all right. Back, back to her. Sorry. I, you're, you're like my children. I love you all. Again. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm the one who's constantly getting in trouble. <laughs> Just like I was when I was actually a, a child. Um, top three new restaurants in no particular order. Right. 1751. Absolutely. Yes. Truth Barbecue. Yup. Yes. And Squabble. I love that. Great list. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I had I have a ranked list on Culture Map that people can read. Uh, Squabble was my number two restaurant. I had Mad on my list. And then my number one, Rosie Cannonball. I just I just think that, God, just for that focaccia, you know, that's just a, a testament to the, to the delightful alchemy of crispy bread, gooey cheese, and salty pork. Oh, I'm hungry now. <laughs> that that and I I went and ate that dish again over the weekend and I was just like yep this is it this is as good as it gets just to seal the deal to make sure they were your number one yeah well <laughs> I'd, I'd already written them in as number one and then I but then I just I went back and ate that dish again and I was like oh yeah it's nice to be validated in right my, right because you couldn't change it after you published the list no like, that today, wouldn't work very well that would be like what yeah uh Matt but just talk a little bit I mean we've talked a lot about. Truth on the show. I had Leonard on the show recently. We talked about 1751 and Candente last week with uh, Michael Sandbrooks and Steve Breaker, but we haven't talked as much about Squabble since it opened. So what was it that kind of elevated it? What, what about Squabble elevated it for you? Well, so I guess uh, one of the things that I considered in, in looking at whatever my, my top three would be just how long they were open in the, in the year. Uh, and these opened fairly early in the year, so really got a chance to watch them go from opening to kind of hitting their stride. And for me personally, um, I not don't feel like Rosie Cannonball is there yet, so that's that wasn't uh, top three for me. Daddy, you're entitled to be wrong. I well, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm sorry. It was, this was my top three. I it believe. was. Yeah. Oh, it did okay. Be well, I. Top I three. Yeah. Let me, let me go ahead and apologize to myself. <laughs> uh, but uh, to answer your question about Squabble, uh, you know, the talent in the kitchen with, with uh, Drew and, and Mark Clayton, uh, it's just a great marriage. You've got Bobby and Justin involved. Um, I am not a drinker, um, but uh, I've been told it's a very strong beverage program as well i i am a drinker it is a very strong beverage program um so uh it just really checks all the boxes uh it's it's a very comfortable space uh 
it delivers on service, it delivers on food. I'll take your word for the beverages, it delivers on beverages. So, uh, and it just, it came out of the, the gates, just screaming and just never stopped for me. Yeah, I think a restaurant, certainly just by the pedigree of its owners and the success that they had had opening Better Luck Tomorrow, you know, certainly high expectations and to have not just met those expectations, but exceeded them. And I was back there just for like drinks and snacks uh, a few weeks ago, tried a couple of new dishes on that menu. I just feel like Squabble is a place that keeps getting better and better. And, and I, I had the chance to sort of talk to Justin about, they have this new Sicilian style street pizza on the menu. Ooh. And it was good. a dish that apparently Drew had wanted to put on at the beginning. And Justin was sort of skeptical and then he had a version of it at a restaurant in London. He was like, "Oh, yeah, we could, you know, we could we could do a good ver-. anyway." So it's it's really clear that that Drew and Mark have a lot of ideas for how they want that restaurant to evolve. And I think it's it's a place that's only going to keep getting better as they kind of get there, as they kind of learn what people want from them and and how to in which direction to kind of evolve exactly. That's good. And, and there's a lot of continuity there, right? It, I mean, you, you have, and they've all kind of come up um, with the exception of maybe Drew uh, under Bobby and, and Justin. But, you know, you've got some some significant players there that come together, and it's just a really good marriage. And I think it shows in the space and on the plate. Absolutely. Can I ask you um, about 1751? That was going to be like my other seafood choice. What's your favorite like, what are a couple of your favorite dishes on that, um, on the menu? They just changed it. So, like right. the older menu, new menu. So, the conserva is definitely uh, one of my favorite dishes. Um, just that seafood charcuterie in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, that's, that's really super good. creative. Yeah. Yeah. The calamari, for me, is probably the best in Houston. That's for me. I could be wrong about myself again, and I'll apologize to myself again. <laughs> But the calamari is... I, don't, I can't remember their calamari, so I have had... I usually it. go... I go smoked oysters. Sure. Yeah, so it's kind of a Also delicious. Yeah, so... Okay. Yeah, and even the, the non-seafood, I mean, their their chicken karage is really good. Oh, yeah, that's... Yeah. You know, the whole, those whole fish they preparations are really... They have fun, what they really, do with that menu, yeah. yeah. Really good, daddy. The chicken karage is outstanding. Chicken it is, is yeah. And and that's J.D. Woodward. I mean, you know, worked at Underbelly, worked at Southern Goods. I think he even came up, you know, uh, worked for Randy Rucker and, uh, in the Rainbow Lodge days. I mean, he's got, you know, a diverse set of influences and, and is really adept with some of those Asian flavors. I mean, you know, if anyone who remembers his work at Goro and Gun kind of knows that there was, a, there was a period of time when, you know, that restaurant was really a really fun place to eat. Yeah. And so now he's working in a, in a more structured environment and in a more elevated environment, but, but he still has fun with it. And he's still, you know, a, a good command of techniques and flavors. Yeah. 2020 is the return of the two pack wings. Ooh, really? Come on, JD. Make it happen. <laughs> Make it happen. Speaking into existence. I love it. Got to put it out in the universe. <laughs> All right. Let us move on to, Topic number two, one dish from outside of your top three restaurants that stands out as particularly memorable, Felice. The blue crab manicotti at Rosalie. That's a great answer. It's, I had dreams about it. 
Um, I know that's probably odd, but I dream about Were food. Were Becky and Linda with you in your dream? No, it was it was just me because I would have had to share. I it was just had to swimming share. in lobster in that right. in that that's, delicious lobster. That would be your fantasy of the dream, but no, it was just me and the blue crab manicotti. I mean, it's really a delicious dish. Um, it's done very well. Not too much, you know, like a lot of people over put too much sauce on things. It's not every all the flavors um, play very well together. It's a it's a wonderful dance. It's it's nice. That's mine. Matt, how about That's you? It's a really fabulous way to describe a dish. It's a wonderful dance. Mm-hmm. No, I mean that's yeah. Like you can, I can see it. So, oh, uh, what, mine is also a fabulous dance. It's uh, what's what's that? What's it's a tarantella. <laughs> thank you. I'm here for you. Thank you, thank you, Daddy. I appreciate the support. I appreciate the year long support. Um, uh, it it is, and I'm humbled to say, the griddle cakes at La Lucha. Oh yeah, this is. No. We should. Can we can we let can we let the audience behind the curtain a little bit? Sure. Open the curtain up. This is this is the dish you chose for your birthday. That is correct. This is this is how you spent. It was a big birthday this year. <laughs> And you went to La Luce, and even though they're only available on the weekends, or no, they're take that back. They're only available on the late night menu on the weekends. And you asked Bobby Matos to make them special for you, and he did. And he agreed. And I still have a small tear. Thank, <laughs> thank you, Bobby, very much. That was, yes. Yeah, so yeah, one of those one of those birthdays that ends in zero this year. Um, and uh, yeah, that uh, that that is. The dish that has stuck with me since the first time I had it. Yeah. I mean, the they serve the same. So I I asked Bobby about this specifically. It's the same pancakes that they serve at brunch at Superica with a different syrup. Syrup is very, very important in this dish. It's critical. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, for normal people who don't want to you don't want to go to La Lucha after eleven on a Friday. They can have a, a similar experience, but it's going to be different. So, it, so you're setting them up be. for failure because it's if the I mean, syrup those, makes it. Those are those pancakes are are really phenomenal. I mean, I love a good pancake. I was bereft with the closing of Fountain View Cafe. Yes, these are they're they're the right density, right? They're not too thick. They're not too thin. Crispy on the edges, a little bit sweet. They are really, really phenomenal pancakes. That's a that's a strong choice. I'm very happy with my choice. I'm not going to be apologizing about this choice. I just want to let yeah, you're, you you're and the audience to, know. Riding it to the I'm on. Okay. I'm riding this wave. All right. And Eric, what about you? I mean, there are so many choices. It's really right because Truth Barbecue wasn't in my top three. So you know, a two meat a two meat plate with. Tater tot casserole and a slice of, and a slice of cake. Definitely, it's always that's a win. That's a win. I mean, if you are just judging, if if the criteria is just how frequently I have been to a new restaurant in 2019, then it's either barbecue at Truth Barbecue or fajitas at Candente with a side of cheese enchiladas. It's it's one or the other. Uh, I will say though, one one really memorable bite that sticks out is. Uh, is Matt and I got a, a preview of Garden Grace right before it opened, and they served us 
a domestic Wagyu strip that was maybe the best single bite of steak I've eaten this year. I agree. And I don't, I don't quite know what it was about that particular cut or that preparation. I mean, you know, they, they grill them over wood. They have their own like custom seasoning blend. Uh, but that, that, um, it was just so, it was just so just rich and juicy and meaty and satisfying that, that really stands out for me. Okay. That, that was, that was an absolutely delicious bite. That's a good choice. I would love to taste the steak. Like, I wonder if it was, like, if you go back. Yeah. Like, if, if was it that, that steak, not necessarily because it's you, like, you know, that particular cut of, like you said, that night, everything was just. Or his dining partner. Or his dining partner. Right. 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 It enhanced the experience. Uh, I will also say that flounder almondine that you and I had at One-Fifth Gulf Coast. Yeah. That was a special dish. And you know what made it? (laughs) that The dish that almost did not happen. Because remember like. Right. Because we were talking about ordering the boat. And then we saw. We were trying to decide between the boat, which is just this huge fried seafood platter. Right. Or the flounder and a jambalaya, and then we saw the flounder and the jambalaya hit the table next to us. And, and I it was pretty much a done deal. I made an executive decision that right. we were not ordering. We're like fried whatever, seafood. Eric, whichever one you want, because we literally were going back and forth, back and forth. When Eric saw it, he goes, "Okay, the, we're, we're, we I made the choice. We're going to get," and it was so worth it. It's so worth it. All right, we uh, if we could we. Can we mention a couple others? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring it on. Bring it on. We got we got a minute. You're not. You're not. Minute. Yeah. What do you got? The uh, Abirco ham at BCN. I mean, always. No, that's always good. Very, very special. Uh, Those uh, crawfish rolls at Riel. Oh yeah. Uh, Okay. I mean, if you're gonna mention, stop. If you're gonna mention the crawfish roll, you have to have the butter burgers. I mean, you can't mention that one without because i'm crawfish roll butter burger i'm depending on the day i'm going butter well the crawfish rolls are off the menu right because it's crawfish are not in season but the butter burgers are available every tuesday every tuesday so i'm girl i'm butter burger team butter burger i'm 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 on that team you're on that team too okay but i'm on team crawfish roll yeah yes i came in town i drove in town the week that he was putting it on the menu i go i will be there like I was at the door back in town. I was like, this is amazing. Yes. Absolutely amazing. They're so, very good. Yeah. Well, and just I mean, even the the tater tots with the caviar on top. You know, yes. one of the reasons that <laughs> one of the reasons that I think Riel is the best restaurant in Houston is because Ryan sweats the small stuff. For even the seven dollar crawfish rolls on the happy hour menu are an absolute banger. You know, the the basically a stunt, right? The Butterburger is, is almost like a, a joke. Right. But it's so delicious and so well executed. It's, who can say no to that? Yep. So, yeah, strong, strong year for Riel, especially. Uh, Felice, give me, give me one more. I'm thinking, I mean, you took mine because Truth was my backup. Truth was my backup with the cake, um, the smoke, or I, I named that, but that wasn't on my list. So the smoke oysters, I talk about those all the time from 1751. Probably one of my favorite dishes because I love oysters and just 
the way they lay the smoke is just kind of like laid in there so nicely where it's not it doesn't overtake a lot of times when people try to smoke things like fish and oysters they and they're not major smokers they put too much smoke in it and it overtakes the dish it's though they're perfect but we know that pit room they're smoking them at the pit room and bringing them over they're done very well yeah and i I'll bump one more thing and then we, we can move on to the next topic. But uh, but the pizza that Ben McPherson is making at Bo Pasta, that Roman style uh, with the kind of the, the crispy, chewy crust. I just uh, I've eaten I've eaten quite a few slices of that this year and, and it's uh, it's been a go to for me. That stuffed crust Detroit style that Pizarro's doing. Is- oh, yeah, Ooh. that's a, an absolute banger. Mm. Yeah. Y'all are such pizza guys. Mm. When, yeah, it's you're that, not when it's that good, girlfriend, good. so are you. So I'm gonna have to, I'm, I'm I'm going there. So you have to okay. tell me about it. I yeah. need to try this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean it was a it was a great year for pizza. I'm I've been very happy with my very happy with my visits to Gypsy Poet. I think what Arash Garat is doing at Buffalo Bayou has been has been very good. The pizzas at both Rosie Cannonball and Rosalie Italian Soul have been very strong. It's a good it's a good year for pizza. It's a good year to eat pizza in Houston. It's a good year for Houston restaurants in general. Yes. Absolutely. All right. Topic number three, classic restaurant of the year. What restaurant that's been open for more than a year did you find yourself going back to? Alternatively, is there an older restaurant you quote unquote discovered for the first time this year? For me, the first half of the year up to like June, it was Eunice. Because I was maxing out on the seafood, the gumbo. And then La Lucha kind of took over. Like, I always liked La Lucha, but then La Lucha picked up. And so those are my favorites. And I like it because I can just point on the menu and it doesn't matter what it is. Because I love both of those. They have relatively small menus. But um, Eunice will do wonderful daily specials so their specials are always just a home run i've never had a special there that did not like so i enjoy that like if i'm like ah i want something new um they can provide that and then la lucha is always a home run i never go on the weekends i'm gonna have to go on the week well late night i've never had that late night menu except for when they first started it they were kind of trying it out so I'm gonna have to try those griddle cakes. That's those are the two for me that I'm that I they've been open for a while. That I keep going back to. Matt, how about you? Uh, so La Lucha would, is at top of the list along with Burger Chan. Yeah, I think Burger Chan was was my pick last year. We've been we. It's, I mean, I remember going there with you and a couple and our friends, uh, Michael and Nathan, in June, and it was right when I was just kind of getting into the initial ranking for my list of the top 100 Houston restaurants. I, I don't think I ate a better burger in 2019 than, than the burgers we ate at Burger Chen that day. Yes. Those were, those were outstanding. The, uh, that's the thing is like, they could have just stopped like their burgers are already delicious enough. And in consecutive visits here, the last couple would just like, blown my mind it's like i'm so happy that we have a burger that's this delicious yeah and 
you know, I, I mentioned it. I feel like I mentioned this every time we talk about Burger Chan, but uh, location number two coming to this very office building, 5353 West Alabama. That's scary. You're going to be maxed out You will out be on having burgers. more Burger Chan. You're going to max out on burgers. That's, make I'm, sure we're going to have this question and Eric's going to say, oh, Burger, burger, burger Chan. Chan. Yeah, Burger <laughs> Chan too. Uh, I, so so my pick is, is actually the restaurant I, I dined at Saturday night. I went back to... Giacomo's, I, I don't get there very often. It's, but every time I do, I just I've, I've never had a bad meal there. I just Lynette Hawkins and and her whole team that 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 smart Italian wine list those those cold vegetable plates the, you know uh, Saturday night we started with the fried halloumi cheese, and uh, that's a good dish. There should be more halloumi cheese. Should be on yeah, menus. more more fried cheese on menus for sure. And we started with we're out of the chicken wings, which I love. We started with uh, oh, that's embarrassing. I can't. I can see it in my mind's eye, and I can't remember what it was. Anyway, I'll move on. Uh, and then we had the bolognese, of course. Oh, that's always so good there. Uh, tortellini and the tomato cream sauce. Just, just just rich and satisfying and and affordable and they're always they're always so nice um i think we we can finally put the i think people sometimes describe that restaurant as underrated because they're not you don't they they don't they're not active on social media they're not bringing in influencers you don't but but it's not underrated in the sense that People don't know how good it is. I think in the you know enough it was, people don't know new people don't know about maybe it. new people don't new know people about don't it. Know so about it. yeah, uh, it won. It was in the top twenty five or thirty of my top one hundred. It was the Tastemaker Awards uh, Neighborhood Restaurant of the Year. Uh, actually, I was I was sitting there waiting for a table, and uh, Lynette came over, and she said, "Oh, it's it's good that you're here tonight. Uh, you know, we're going to close." And I like my my face fell, and I started to go pale, and she said. You know, for the week we take we take Christmas and New Year's off. We'll be back at be back like January third like, or whatever. What? I was like, you can't say that word to me. You can't start the sentence. You can't. You, can't you have to be like really that. careful how you because you sent me. You were going to send me running to my keyboard. I was going to tell my friend like, uh, this has been. You're going to need an Uber. I got to go home. But no, they're not. They're not closing. They just they they close for they give their staff a week off. Well, which that's is, nice. Uh, very nice of them. And it, it's a restaurant I, I ate at a few times in, in 2019, and I will continue to eat at into 2020. I'm going to do an honorable mention. Um, Please. As if Linda or Rebecca were here, um, I'm going to take their spot. I forgot to mention something that is very pricey. You'll agree with me that every chance I get, I try to justify getting it, and it's the crab cakes at Log Bar. They are probably the best crab cakes. I'll let out. They're the best crab cakes right now for me in the city. They're um, they're so you, good. You know, you can order just one, right? It's off the menu, but you can get. Just I, one. I don't, but I need two. I don't. I know probably it's two. It's two, two crab cakes. <laughs> it's two crab cakes for forty eight dollars, which is an outrageous amount of money. It, to but there's it's. Cakes. But you know what? It's so. There's so much crab in them. It is. It's just like being in. They're the Maryland crab cakes, and they're the closest to me. 
like as if I were in Maryland. They, they do a wonderful job. Well, right. They're, they're a restaurant from Baltimore, so <laughs> right. the crab cakes have to be good. Right. That's If you're coming here from Maryland. And they and, knock and it out of the park. They are, so, I don't know, are they better than the ones that, the one at Vic and Anthony's is so good, though. Yes, they're better. And I, I, that, was my fa- that was my favorite before, but it's better than the Vic and Anthony's one. And if you're a Vic and Anthony's crab cake person, I definitely tell you to go try it. Matt just said you can do the off menu. Only so, one. And just do the one if you're not quite with me on the dedication to getting the two. But after you try it, I think you're going to just be like, you know what? I can get, I need two. They're, it's so good. It's, it's delicious. I hate that I forgot to mention it the first time around. No, do you agree? They are delicious. I, I absolutely agree. I I don't know if I would go further than that in in the pantheon of Houston crab cakes, but they're very, very good. And then, you know, the one other kind of classic restaurant that I kept coming back to again and again is I ate ate my fair share of lunches at Cotarabata this year. And Mm. I just, not that we, not that we take it for granted, you know, but I, I, because I think it's still the consensus best sushi restaurant in Houston. I, I know their MF has its fans. I know Uchi has its fans. I know that there's, there's a conversation there. There must be someone who likes Nobu. I, I don't know who they are. They're they must, ex- they must exist somewhere. <laughs> Becky and Linda. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Put that on them. That's fine. Uh, but that, but just the ability to, to go in and have, you know, just a, a casual seven pieces of nigiri with the, the California roll and the tuna roll and it's 20 bucks with super salad. It's such a, it's such a great value, but then you can go back for dinner and have all the, the special, you know, the, the salmon with the quail egg and the truffle shaving or the, the uni or whatever, you know, you can, you can have all of those signature items and have a really blowout kind of memorable experience there. It works high and low. Actually, I, I think the service has gotten better. I feel like it's it's or maybe they just they recognize me faster. I don't. It's, it could be one or the other. You know, I I would quibble that the only thing that kind of holds it back is I would love to see after ten years them just close for a couple of weeks, freshen up the decor a little bit. But that's a quibble. The the quality of the cuisine that comes out of that kitchen is is consistently excellent. Yeah, the uh, I remember going lunch um, there, and they opened at eleven thirty, and I got there eleven fifteen ish, and there was a line. Was a not not packed. a small line. Yeah, not a small line. Uh, the other uh, speaking of sort of um, what do you call that? Uh, uh, for brunch, I found myself going to UB Preserve quite a bit, like almost every weekend. So Where's the invite? <laughs> can I can I can I get an invite? It's I eat dumplings. I like. Oh oh oh! Now we want to be friends, right? Maybe you know what? Maybe it's my list, Sunday. You my list what? was wrong just a few minutes ago, and now we're now he be, wants. This to is the on, olive branch. Now he wants to go on your dance card. You know what's that about? <laughs> uh, actually, usually I just go by myself. It's a, it's a lovely, a lovely solo. Yes, mat time. Yeah. Yes. So, all right. But just wanted to mention that. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Topic number four. Saddest shutter. 
What restaurant that closed this year will you miss the most? Felice. Pax Americana. It closed at the beginning of the year. And I was very devastated because I love the spot. I love the vibe. Um, even though, you know, it's changed chefs and things like that throughout their um, time, I still found something that I loved every time they kind of reinvented themselves without necessarily reinventing themselves. Yeah, it um, was not. I mean, there was a period when it when it first opened that first year when Adam Doris was there, that it was one of the, oh, uh, at worst, a top five Houston easy, restaurant, correct. maybe a top three. And I, it never quite got it, it never quite got back to that level but right. yeah there was a there was a moment when when pax americana was among my very favorite restaurants yeah and i still i would just go there and it like i like their brunch it had a good vibe the drinks the location you know and i think because it's the size of it it just felt very intimate and yeah i'm i'm gonna i still miss it i miss it now yeah so matt how about you uh so another p word Pass and provisions. Yeah. Oh no, I we yeah. we had to have that conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah well, go ahead. List too. Talk about talk about PMP. No, I, I you know I think uh, if if 2019 is sort of Houston 2.0, you, you know 2012 was Houston 1.0, and was there was uh, that group of restaurants that that came right around that time and really set the table for where we are now. Absolutely. Uh, and passing provisions was one of those. Um, uh, I, I think it, uh, it was, I did more birthdays there uh, at uh, the pass than any other Houston restaurant. Uh, well, if Bobby will keep making griddle cakes at La Lucha, we'll, we'll have a, <laughs> you we'll might have a new leader in the clubhouse. Got a yeah. new spot, huh? Um, but yeah, and just, um, you know, what those guys were doing, um, I think they deserve, you know, it, it was always great eating there. The type of food they were doing was, was not what you would, uh, hadn't really come to Houston yet. So no, and I, I still don't really think there's a restaurant kind of quite like certainly, well, and certainly not high, low, right. Right. That ability to, to come in and sit at the bar and have a pizza, or get a burger and then to go into the past for eight courses. And, and I, you know, I'll always think about some of those early dishes when the past first opened the, the, like the plate sized chicharron with the caviar, just, you know, there was a suckling pig dish over the years. I mean, just a, a lot of things that stand out and really just the, you know, the training that, that Seth Siegel Gardner and Terrence Gallivan brought yeah. to for having worked for, you know, uh, Marcus Samuelson. Samuelson and Gordon Ramsay. And I think Terrence worked for one of Danny Meyer's restaurants. I don't remember if it was Gramercy Tavern or, or Union uh, uh, Union Square Cafe or which, whichever one it was. But, you know, those guys had just incredible resumes. They brought all that experience to Houston. Right. And and there really isn't a restaurant like it, right? You know, and it, that will it is replace them. Yeah, yeah, and it's just it, you know, it was it. It certainly had its moment again, like widely considered one of the best restaurants in Houston. I think it just maybe got a little bit overshadowed over time by newer, buzzier, shinier. But you know, Matt, you and I went there for for lunch on I think the last day or or one of the last days, right? And we we're just 
eat the things that we would always eat. It's mm-hmm. like, yep, this food's still awesome. Right. Yeah. Day. They were always still right. very, they were always very consistent and kind of like Matt said, they were they set the tone for kind of the where we are right now in the food um in Houston, where we are our scope of um restaurants, they set the tone and no one's really come and kind of knocked it out of the park. They just kind of refined it and and did something similar. And like you said, we kind of, oh, we just, people assumed that passing provisions is going to be there. And that's why I told people all the time, you still got to, if you like a restaurant, you still have to go support them because, and you can't just assume that everyone else is going because they won't be around. Right. You know, so. And then uh, I feel obligated to just mention uh, Reef, you know, if if past and provisions and, and the class of 2012 under Belly Oxart is Houston 1.0, uh, then then a restaurant like Reef is probably Houston 0.0, right? <laughs> uh, Brian Caswell opening uh, a seafood restaurant that that pulled all of its you know proteins, all of its shellfish, all of its fish from exclusively from the Gulf. So, oh, we're not gonna have we're not gonna have Maryland crab cakes. We're not gonna have Maine lobster. We're not going to have Dover sole. You know, we're not going to have salmon, right? You know, it, try drum, right? You, you never, we're, we're, we'll have snapper and, and redfish and, and a million varieties of Gulf Coast oysters and crab claws and, and incorporating, you know, he had worked for Jean George in New York and then in Asia and he brought all of that with him and then he started eating in Houston. You know, he grew up in Houston, obviously, but came back here and started mining, you know, Vietnamese traditions and Thai traditions and incorporating all of those flavors into his cooking. I mean, just for the, you know, that crispy skin snapper is kind of a, uh, maybe not a Mount Rushmore Houston dish, but, you know, certainly in the, the Houston Dish Hall of Fame. Right. I, 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 I might say it was the redfish on the half shell. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that dish is uh, often imitated. That that preparation, I I don't remember seeing that before. Brian put that on a menu at Reef, and and now it's it's everywhere, uh, including including a version of Candente that's that's very delicious. So, uh, yeah, I it's a it's a shame, kind of what happened that it it closed during Harvey, and then it it just really it just couldn't get back on its feet again after it reopened this summer. It's you know restaurants like that just don't exist anymore. 300 seat independently owned seafood that just they just nobody nobody opens that anymore so i i have a vision you know uh felice i think you were on the show yes, when, I, was talking about- when i when i sort of articulated a vision for reef 2.0 you know 80 seats oyster bar really cool raw dishes i would i would love to see brian come back with something like that obviously he's got some issues in his personal life that he needs to resolve i think you know if you if you if you miss him and you need him, he's available for catering, private chef right. gigs, that sort of thing. But we won't see him in public for a minute. But I I do hope that he, if he doesn't come back in twenty twenty, I certainly hope by twenty twenty one he's got irons on the fire. Right. If he's ready to come back, if you're not ready to come back, give it another year. Twenty 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 two is fine too. Or two years. <laughs> you know, just twenty twenty one. Right. Well, I don't want to be without I don't want to be without Brian Caswell too long. Eric's in my like life. being selfish. I'm like, take your time. We want to be right. All right. Topic number five. 
worst restaurant dishes slash meals of the year. Any places you're done with forever. So the worst meal that, you know, last year I couldn't wait to answer this question. Um, but the worst y'all had, meal I had this year was not in Houston, thank goodness. Um, it was a restaurant that was in... I'm trying to think. It was in the Carolinas when I went for the Memorial Day. And I remember I sent you the picture. Yeah. And I said, these people need their asses whooped for serving this. But I mean, I was insulted. It was, I sent you the picture. You're like, oh my God, it was awful. I won't even name it because um, they're not here. But Houston, you know, delivered this year. So I'm very happy. There's places that may have could have done better in this or that, but no places that I'm divorcing. I'm not breaking up with anybody. Matt, how about you? Uh, I, so I had written down um, Blanco, Taco, and Tequila. <laughs> and, I should have known he was going to say that. And, and, and I, I, because I was so scarred from that experience. Um, that wasn't the, on the heels year? of shell shock. But yes, I, I, I actually re-listened to the wrap-up last year uh, and realized that that was actually in 2018. <laughs> So, but so the memories linger. It, that's yes. It, it so so I'm gonna have to 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 technically answer your question because it's this year. Uh, I would have to, with a little begrudgingly, say it was me and. Ooh. Ooh, yeah, you love that restaurant. I do love that restaurant. I, I, I send a lot of people to that. So you just broke up with him. You just done. What happened? No, I'm not done with them forever. Okay. okay. I'm done with Blanco. Right. Right, right. But you're just giving no, them yeah, a no, little no, time no, out. No Life offense is too to, short to eat mediocre Mexican food. No offense to anyone who likes that West Mex, Blanco, <laughs> taco, and tequila. Right. But so you're just giving me an, uh, like a time out? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was, it was, it was, it was, I, I almost sent dishes back wow yeah we had almost a, so you almost. didn't send them no. back oh well you you just playing with it. it wasn't the worst thing you didn't send it back i mean it wasn't like i was gonna go like beat them up or something like but i mean you didn't send it back like you just you you left if, it there if i send a dish back i didn't eat it okay you just okay 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 we i mean we had a a very lackluster not to not to pile on my tran we had a lackluster experience at uh Tukai is a Kaya. That was number two. But it had only been, but in its defense, I think it had only been open for a week or two. So I'm, I, and, and I admit I have not been back. I have seen a lot of pictures of people. It seems like people on my, that I follow on Instagram have been, have been going to 2K recently. Mm. And the quality of what I'm seeing looks better than what I experienced. So that's going to so be, time maybe to give them it's a time to go back. Okay. And, and, you know, cause for me it was Kalba. Right, yeah. mm. that I, I just, I kept going, I kept going there, I kept spending money there, I kept having people, people whose opinions I respect, be like, no, no, go with me, it's better now. And I didn't get it, and I, I ate like I, I had a pork liver dish that was like maybe the worst thing I ate. Just, I couldn't, I just couldn't get into it. And then I, I just saw that, that uh, Nikki Tran, the chef there, has. Has changed the menu again, uh, changed some of the branding, 
renovated the dining room. So total so, revamp. Yeah. So it's almost like reboot. Yes. So so I owe Kalba another visit. I'm not I'm not writing Kalba off. So you I mean, well, that's dedication because you've had a lot of bad meals. I want that getting, place because you be wanted good. to you wanted well, to work. Okay. I want I want the same experience that everybody that else I, is getting. I watched on Netflix, right? When yes. I saw her on Somebody Feed Phil or or even in Ugly yeah. Delicious. I want that level of excitement. And she is a, she tells very compelling stories about the inspiration behind these dishes. And so I don't even know if it's bad so much if it isn't for me, right? Like mm. sometimes you, as a diner, you just have to be, you have to be able to separate this sucks from I don't like it, right? It's yeah, that's two different true. things. Yeah. So I, I, but I, I had written Kalba off and I am going to go back because it, it looks, it looks like things have changed and, and that I, I feel like I owe it another opportunity. Right. Uh, but Matt, this is, this is, it's time for the chicken tender rant. I'm ready. <laughs> so the chicken tender here rant. it comes. So Houston's, Houston's, it's been a, it's been a tough year for, for me and the restaurant Houston's, which I ranked as restaurant 100 on my list of the top 100 Houston mm-hmm. restaurants. They closed the location on Westheimer that had been a relief valve, right? The location on Kirby is always so busy. It's, it's very successful. The, the location on Westheimer, a little quieter, a little easier to get into. And that's the one I used to go to. You remember right. we would fight. That was my location. They're doing some work over there, by the way. Well, it's going to be something else because the company bought that old uh, Maggiano space, which is which they, they tore down the, the Maggianos, but they, they own that dirt now. Mm. And so I think that's going to be a new Houston's or Pillstone or whatever. So that's a, a sidestep. But in but in the the, the old Houston's, Houston's is becoming a oh well that that would be exciting I, I don't know what they're doing but they're they're doing they're some doing work. something all right so so first of all they they closed the location that was my Your backup location. my backup okay and then we went for dinner about a week ago and I they they've always had chicken tenders that are off the menu and they will mm-hmm. serve you. It's not, it's not on the menu, but they, they have them available. They serve them on a platter. You get four or five chicken tenders. They charge an outrageous amount of money. I think like $24 for these chicken oh, tenders. Lord. But they are, they are tempura battered. They are super crispy. They are, well, they are the best. They're the best chicken tenders. I'm sure the audience is trying to figure out how this fits into the worst restaurant dish meal of the year. Well, this is it's my show, and I can do what I want. No, 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 no. no. I'm, just, I'm giving them. That's a segue, Daddy. Oh, I see. So, <laughs> so we went, and I tried to order. It had been a while. I hadn't had the chicken tenders in a while. I missed them. I ordered them. Service says, we don't have them at dinner anymore. <laughs> what? <laughs> we only have them at lunch. And I said, I'm going to need to speak to the manager. <laughs> Stop. Stop. I never do this. This is hilarious. <laughs> Wait. Manager comes over. <laughs> oh He's like... He's like, I understand there's a, a concern. And I say, well, I've been eating your chicken tenders for 25 years. That's not an exaggeration. I was in high school when we started going to that Houston's on Kirby. And you took them off the dinner menu. And he feeds us some mumbo jumbo about limited fryer capacity. Oh, God. And that they can't meet the demand. 
and serve them at Equality. So they're only available at lunch, and they would love for me to come and have them at lunch, but they won't be available at dinner anymore. Uh, it's a big restaurant. I, I think they just need to add a fryer. Right. So you had a Devo meltdown about the chicken tenders. Well, you know, I will never say... Do you know what that's, I... That's correct, Felice. Yeah, because I'm like thinking, you asked for the manager? That's I had not to what register, you do. You don't... I had to register a complaint. <laughs> I needed to speak to someone. <laughs> At that moment in time. <laughs> now, I will never use the phrase, do you know who I am? Because remember, if you have to ask that question, the answer right, is no. Right, it's... Right, right. And also, it's like the worst kind of behavior. No, but calling the manager, the manager's... I hear that there's a problem. How can I help you? You took the chicken tenders off of the dinner menu. Yes. So I'm trying to process. So he's come, he's working. He's trying to come up oh, with Oh, I'm sure I'm not the only one who's complained about this. Right. Well, it's a secret menu, so I wonder how many people. I literally, I have been going for to Houston's about as long, probably as long as you or longer. I have never had. That's why I'm like, chicken tenders. I've never had. I'm like killing myself to get the soups and the stuff that I get on the certain soup days. Never have had the chicken tenders. Right. Like whatever whatever day of the week is tortilla soup day, that's the best tortilla right. soup. Right. Tortilla soup, um, the red beans. And like, yes, Monday, Mondays and Tuesdays are the, the days to go for the soup. Tortilla soup, I think it's Tuesday. And red beans and rice is Monday. Do they um, have those at lunch and dinner? I don't. I usually go at lunchtime. See, I've never. You can get the chicken tenders. I'm well. Get the chicken tenders. I have to go get the chicken tenders because Eric had a Devo moment. I have to go so I can come back and report if those damn chicken tenders are worth all that. I, I have to for the people, not for me necessarily. Right. For the people, for the listeners, Eric. Yeah. No, I understand. Yeah. I'm. I'm upset about that. It's. It's a stupid thing to be upset about. No, it's okay. I've been eating that dish for a very long time. I am. I was highly disappointed that an off-the-menu item is no longer available at the time that I want to eat it. Because I don't really go to Houston for lunch. It's not really a convenient right, especially lunch over, option. Yeah, because it's right. If the West, if the Westheimer location were still open, that would be okay because yeah. that's close to right. And then our they're both office. always crowded for like they're right. always crowded lunch and dinner. Right. Yeah. So it's not a quick lunch. It's not a cheap lunch. It's yeah, twenty four dollars. We're gonna have issue with that because you talk crap about the damn fajitas at El Tempo. I know, y'all. Let me have this moment. You talk about those damn high ass fajitas, and you're spending twenty four dollars for four chicken tenders. I think it was five. Man, okay. But comes they're like fries. whole chickens. It comes <laughs> they're like with fries. Chicken. Yeah, it's literally five chickens. <laughs> <laughs> now Matt's helping him out. Okay. It is not. It's it's not. The, the value is terrible. The value. The value. I admit. The value is terrible. The it's flavor is delicious. It's a total, a total splurge. By the standards of a twenty five dollar plate of chicken <laughs> right, tenders, right, it's, right. it's a total splurge. All right. Crab cakes, on the other hand, not a splurge. Not a splurge. I'm not going there. Worth every penny. (laughs) Shout out to my favorite local food writer. All right. All right. We're going to wrap this up. Topic number six. What restaurants are you most looking forward to in 2019? Felice Sloan, let me start with you. I'm looking forward to two. Loro, Houston, and then the Unknown Project from um, um, Hugo Ortega. Yes, Hugo Ortega's unnamed restaurant that's coming to Uptown Park. <laughs> we don't know what it is. We, we don't, don't have know a what name, it's called. Don't have a concept. 
but I'm looking forward to it just because of all those things and Hugo is involved. There's a there's a rumor that it's going to be a casual taco oriented. I know not, that not quite being not quite it. Hugo's torchies, but right something like that maybe. So, I don't know if that's true or not. That's that's the rumor I heard. They won't confirm that. That's not that's not. Don't go into Hugo's and ask them when the taco <laughs> place is it? opening. So those are the two. Those, those are my top two. All right. But do go into Houston's for dinner and ask for the chicken tenders. Do please do. <laughs> Don't go to Hugo's. Do go to Houston's for dinner. Correct. Do go to Houston's and ask for chicken tenders on and tell them that you yeah. need them on the dinner menu. Tell them you, they need to come back on the dinner menu. Tell right? them you're having a Devo moment. If enough people complain, I they think will we add can, them back. they'll bring it back. Chicken right. activist. <laughs> tempura tempura for the people. Matt, yes, sir. Matt, yes. what are your what are your what are you looking forward to? So, are is this places that are supposed to open in twenty twenty? That's my that that would be my preference. But so, I'm I'm not here to tell you what to no, do. No, no, no. I just wanted to understand <laughs> the question. I feel like that. I feel like I'm, so. You clearly didn't do the homework. No, no, no. I have, I have. Oh, so you over prepared? I, I over prepared. Oh, there you go. Okay. I'm an overachiever. Over prepared. Mm. I also listened to the wrap up from last year. That's solid. So Th- to make sure you I was were ready. ready. Yes. There you go. But then Becky and Linda didn't show up. Uh, so my favorite restaurants for the uh, for or or wait no most anticipated most, restaurants most of an- 2020 yes, most looking forward to Blue Cafe mm-hmm. from Aaron Bluedorn. Oh, I didn't know it has a name. Well, we're just using that for radio. Un- untitled Aaron Un- Bluedorn yeah, project, uh, and also <laughs> unnamed. Okay. <laughs> Unnamed project from Aaron Bluedorn uh, and March from the Goodnight Hospitality. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, March is on my list too. Mm-hmm. Uh, have, having been a fan of Rosie Cannonball, I'm very eager to see what Felipe Riccio does with an elevated tasting menu. You know, we don't really have anything quite like that in Houston anymore outside of maybe Curate. So, yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever it is they're working on upstairs from Rosie Cannonball, I am all in. So that that is on my list, and I, you know, it may it may have been on my list last year. I did not listen to the wrap up show. You're a, you're a more dedicated, it was more prepared person. Um, but Lucifer, uh, right? We might we might finally mm-hmm. see. It was supposed to open supposed to be open months ago, but the upscale Indian restaurant, the Galleria. Uh, right above Fig and Olive, right next to Nobu. You know, we've gotten little hints. The the chefs have done a couple of events where we've gotten a little a taste of what they're thinking about for that restaurant. And I think it has, you know, the potential to be very good. I thought uh, last year my comparing it to uh, the Baker Mayfield of Houston restaurants looked pretty optimistic. He won Offensive Rookie of the Year. This year it's uh, it's more fraught. It's been a setback season for for the former Heisman Trophy. A lot winner. of commercials though for Baker. A lot of commercials for wow. Baker. Pe- Baker's a lovable dude. People people like that guy. I wouldn't go that far. Well, Browns fans probably don't. No. OU fans, on the other hand, OU fans love that guy. I mean, can't do anything wrong. They're they're special. They're one they're of a special kind. breed. I was going to say they they, they really are. Yeah. God love them. <laughs> as you as you. Uh, 
We should say that you're a, a the University of Texas alumnus. Texas are upon <laughs> you all the live long day. Right. So why will Texas never fall into the ocean? Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's an old joke. Never mind. Well, you can't leave uh, people. You can't leave you, daddy. Can't, you can't leave the people hanging. I can't leave the punchline out. You can't. No, you. Have, I thought you were going to finish it for no, me. No, no, you're the, no, you're the your, horn. I know it's your joke. I can't. I, I don't want to steal your thunder because Oklahoma sucks. Oh. No. <laughs> All right. Do we have anything else? We, yeah, we we do that one with what time is it? Oh yeah, it's it's whatever time and OU still sucks. Yeah, poor OU. No, yeah. no. Hey, there's look. No, there's, they're they're, they're not. They, hey, they, they earned the right to get stomped on by LSU in the uh, college football playoff. They well, well, they why, earned that. If they beat LSU, people will look back to this podcast as the, this is bulletin board material. Yeah, people listen to people listen to this podcast for my spicy college football takes yep i think i i have a, a confidence pool of college football picks basically it's an excuse for me to lose 20 dollars to aj hoffman <laughs> i made lsu over ou the 41 point the most the highest possible value so oh, wow. i'm putting my limited dollars where my opinion is my 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 ill-formed opinion and my limited money but that's that's what people listen to the show for. I like it. We'll see. On that note. Well, Eric, I'm so glad that, you know, this year we had time with you to spend these lovely moments. This is always my favorite time of year when all the co-hosts comes together and you're about to pull your hair out because we are like your children and we're out of control. I'm missing the other two, but I hopefully Matt and I held it down and made you a little crazy today and and made you proud and had a little fun too. How about that? How did oh, it go? Felice, it's been a it's been a fun year. Okay. Thank you for joining the show. Matt, thank you for all of your contributions this year. Uh thank you to the audience again for listening. Thank you to Michael Carroll for smooth production throughout the year. Uh, no that was podcast, me giving you kisses. No no podcast next week. We're gonna take next week off, but I will be back in twenty twenty. <laughs> Toodles.